Hello, and thanks for joining me for episode three of the Suddenly a Sarah podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a little four-letter word that should be used in every home, L-O-V-E, love. You know, when my husband and I first found out that we were going to be parents again at 43 and 50, we naturally had a lot of concerns, and the majority of them were trivial, concerns like how are we going to fit a car seat into our small sedan? How much do babysitters nowadays charge? And of course, my husband wanted to know if he was going to have to give up his man cave and turn it into a nursery. And while those were the topic of conversation over the next nine months, they were not the questions that caused us to lose sleep at night. There were questions and concerns more serious, like what happens if our child is born with a disability? Seeing as though I was of what they called advanced age, there was a higher chance of miscarriage. Chances of things like Down syndrome and birth defects were 1 out of 85 if you were over 40. Those were the hard, thought-provoking questions that we had to face head-on. Now, some parents will say, well, just as long as my child is healthy, that's all I care about. You know, but what if it's not? Who are we to argue with God? What right do we have to demand anything of Him? Loving a child is not a condition to God. Even most innocently implied, it's as if unconsciously a lawn of condition is being drawn on the love of a child when you say that. Early on in our pregnancy, we were asked you know, multiple times about testing to see whether or not our concerns had any factual basis. And we both agreed to decline every single test. Not that, you know, we didn't want to know about the chances and if, if they were real, but we knew in our hearts that whatever happened, our child was wanted and was going to be loved. That statement right there, our, our child is wanted and going to be loved. That's a, a big problem today for a lot of parents, although some are not going to admit it. If they're honest, some people are not expecting to be parents. For some people, a child is not in the plans, at least not when you get the positive sign on a pregnancy test. But nevertheless, that child is on the way, and the choice has to be made whether or not he or she is going to be welcomed into a loving home. With all of my children, I can honestly say that the love I felt for them was evident from the first moment that I laid eyes on them. Every little thing about them would just, you know, well up this incredible love in the depth of my chest and I would just be smiling, you know, maybe with the exception of those moments of inconsolable colic that I went through for four months. But that feeling would have never been there had I not made the conscious choice to love them. I think a lot of times parents are under this misapprehension that love is naturally what is in his person's heart, but the fact is, you don't want to know what's truly in the heart of man. God's word tells us that what's in the heart of man is what defiles him, for within are evil thoughts and every ungodly thing. Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things, and it's desperately sick. You know, who can understand it? We certainly can't, but I'm so thankful that the Lord can, and he is the only real example that as parents we should have concerning loving our children. You see, scripture tells us that the Lord does not see as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord, he looks on the heart. And even though he saw what was in the heart of man, 
He still chose to love us. Everything about us, despite the sin, despite the rebellion, despite all of those ugly things that would make loving us impossible, He still chose to love us. You know, toddlers are very fickle. You know, one day they might, I don't know, love spaghetti, and the next day they may hate it. One moment they might want to grow up and be Spider-Man, and the next minute they may be wanting to be Captain America. One day Grandpa's going to be their most favorite person in the world, and then the next, you know, some kid down the street is going to be the coolest kid that they've ever met. My youngest son is prime example of fickle right about now, and I've learned not to get my feelings bent out of shape with every little thing that he says. For example, just the other day, he tells me I'm too old to play baseball with him. He looks straight at me, and he says, no, mommy, you can't. You're too old. But then, in the next moment, he climbs up in my lap, and he touches my hair, and he says, mommy, you're so pretty. Now, I know he just throws out whatever he's thinking at the moment, and as he gets older, He's going to learn how to rein in his thoughts and emotions and understand what's appropriate to say and what's not. But for right now, he simply goes by what he sees from me and his dad. He thinks I'm pretty because he hears his dad tell me every day that I'm pretty. He calls me old because he hears me say that, you know, I'm too old to go slide down the slide on the playground or swing from the monkey bars. And when he hugs my neck and he tells me that he loves me, I know it's because I loved him first and he learned love from me. And that is exactly how we are with the Lord. God's word tells us that we love him because he first loved us. We are that child watching and learning the genuine love of a parent, one that chose to love. And the moment, that very moment that we fully understand that nothing that we ever do, no flaw, no sin, no stain, no rebellion, absolutely nothing will deter him from loving us, that is when we experience the fullness of God's love. The absolute greatest relationship that a person should have is with the Lord. For in that relationship is found everything that makes any and all other relationships wonderful. Patience, kindness, truth, hope, things like long-suffering, meekness, gentleness, and so much more. Proverbs twenty-seven nineteen tells us that as in water face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects the man. Now, if that's true, and it is, in our heart is a true love of God, then what our life reflects is going to be a selfless, unconditional love for everyone, and especially for our children. I grew up in a Christian household. In fact, I remember watching as my parents dedicated their lives to the Lord one Sunday during a revival. I couldn't have been, you know, more than five or six years old, but I was old enough to sense that something important was happening. And even though I never felt like anything in our home was bad, I knew that my parents' behaviors were different. My dad, you know, put his cigarettes on the fireplace mantle and he never touched them again. I never saw another picture of 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 beer in our home, even if we were having pizza night and there was no more cussing or anything like that. Instead, I remember sitting around the coffee table and reading the Bible with my parents and my brother, learning how to kneel by the bed at night to pray. I remember my dad helping me fill out my tithe envelope every Saturday night so I wouldn't be empty handed when the offering plate was being passed around. 
I remember my mother holding me to the standard of dressing my best for church and being committed to having us there to worship every time the doors were open, even if I didn't feel like going. And there was no other reason than that they had experienced the great love of God. And that love was being lived out in their lives and taught to their children. Jesus spoke these very words in John 13, 35. He said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Did you catch that? It's a commandment. He didn't say if you have the same likes and interests as someone else, if you're compatible, if you don't get on their nerves, or if they do everything right, if they're perfect, funny, cool, whatever. Jesus said, look, there's the world. Go love its people so that they can know me by your love. But even with that commandment, we still have the choice. We have the choice of whether or not to love. When my husband and I reached a point in our date and relationship that we knew eventually we would be walking down the aisle and getting married, we both had to take a hard look at what it would mean to be step-parents. We both had children from a previous marriage, and there were times that our children were not as on board with our relationship as what we were. Um, there were going to be adjustments and sacrifices and changes that were going to be uncomfortable and hard. But at the end of the day, we both knew that we were making a choice to love, to love each other's children as if they were our own. Now, today we have a beautiful family, and there's no stepmother, stepfather, stepchildren. We're, we're, we're just a family who loves each other the way that God intended. And at the end of the day, every single one of our children knows that they are loved. Out of all of them, I'd say our youngest, who's three, has definitely been the most challenging. Now, maybe it's just our age, but it's increasingly hard to keep up with the amount of energy that that boy expels. You know, Mommy, do you want to chase me? Daddy, you want to play baseball with me? Not really, but I will because I love you. The fact that I choose to love my child is the reason that I'm going to stay up at night and finish an overdue science fair project that I just got finished learning about at the last minute. The fact that I choose to love my child is the reason that I'll be sunburned to a crisp sitting in the bleachers watching t-ball games all summer long when he learns to play. The fact that I love my child is the reason that I'll give up my side of the bed at 2 a.m. and sleep on the couch or forfeit my last bite of ice cream. Love is the reason that a parent does anything and everything for a child. And one day, if we follow God's command, our children will look at us and say, thank you for your love is the reason that I first came to know God's love. And man, what a legacy to leave and what a comforting assurance that our children will know God if we are faithful to his command to love one another. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Suddenly a Sarah podcast. Add it to your playlist. Feel free to share the podcast link with other mothers and join me for the next episode.